Geek Meets Social, a weekly roundup of favorites in the world of a gamer girl social media geek. Get ready to discover books, podcasts, apps, social media tips, good news, and more as we journey through My Geek Meets Social. I'm your host, Tyra Burton, and you've arrived at episode one. I'm excited to finally start this podcast. It's been twirling around in my mind for several years, and it was about time I sat down behind the mic and made it a reality. This week, I thought we'd start with a little bit about me, then we'll dive into my first recommendations on Geek Meet Social. Where to start? I'm a professor, author, podcaster, social media muse, traveler. I have two dogs, Shadow and Bandit, and a cat, Clover, that will probably make guest appearances at some point because they love to interrupt me. (laughs) I met my husband 10 years ago at Dragon Con, which is one of the biggest gatherings of geeks and nerds in the world, and certainly the biggest in the southeastern United States. We just celebrated nine years of marriage this past summer, and we're still like in love, and I haven't killed him yet, so that's awesome. He loves cosplaying the St. Louis Cardinals, Kansas City Chiefs, and he is a Shriner. So along the way, you'll probably hear tidbits about his geeky loves as he shares them with me. I've also co-written two books, Socially Engaged, The Author's Guide to Social Media with my friend Jana Oliver, and Penduli Station, a sci-fi romance with my friend Shirley Fillion, so I can talk a lot about partnerships. I have another social media book in the works and a fantasy series as well, so I'm sure I'll be talking about them both in the podcast at some point, because writing is a process, and sometimes it's a frustrating one. I've been teaching for, oh, over 25 years now and podcasting on and off for a lot. I don't actually remember when I started podcasting. It's been so long. I have another podcast with my friend, Will Nix. He's a former student of mine, and it's called The Geeky Side. So give us a listen um, for our sometimes weekly episodes about the latest geeky news and a deep dive on our geeky topic of the week. I'm hoping to have guests on this podcast, including my original podcasting partner, Gareth, because I miss podcasting with him so much. We did a podcast called Leveling Azeroth about everything that was happening in the world of Warcraft, and I'm still playing Warcraft, and he's still playing Worldcraft, and why are we not still talking about it? I don't know, but we're going to. I may even decide to live record on Twitch, but um, what is life if you don't have goals? Because I'm not going to do that right now because I'm twitching just being behind the mic by myself. But I do see Twitch as a part of this podcast going forward and the future and hopefully where I might can get leveling Azeroth really born. This week, I want to reflect back on some experiences this summer as well as tell you about some new to me things I found. So let's go find the geek and social. So let's talk about the mouse. I'm talking about Mickey Mouse. You know the one down in Orlando? This year, I've actually been on Disney property three times already, which is crazy. That's not my normal by any stretch of the imagination, but it just happened that way. My husband and I took a wonderful trip this past May and visited Epcot and Disney Springs, followed by a stay on Jensen Beach. And by the way, I have found a new beach that I love. I had a blast at Jensen. We stayed at the best Marriott Hotel well, okay, it wasn't the best Marriott Hotel. They were doing construction, some of which was a jackhammer on a balcony right next door to us. First thing in the morning, like 8 a.m., it was not good. But outside of that, we really loved the hotel, and it was near places we could eat. There was this fancy pants place right next door, and across the street was kind of like your 
kitschy, uh, regular Florida seafood place. And it was awesome. And there was a liquor store. So what more could you want? It was really a good experience. And I see us going back there again. Plus, our godchild is located down there and his sister and brother-in-law. We like them too, but our godchild is awesome. So um, I went back down to Disney in June for some continuing education at the Disney Institute. It was one of those times where I got to cross something off my professional bucket list and actually go to their week-long workshop. I learned more about the mouse and how they create the magic behind the scenes than I ever thought possible. And I'll probably be talking about it later on uh, sometime in this whole podcast thing that I'm doing. The last trip I took was at the end of July to Disney Springs only, didn't get to go into the parks at all, but I was with one of my best friends, Jana Oliver, who I wrote Socially Engaged with. Uh, we were attending Indie Book Fest, was, which is this uh, book conference convention that is all about indie uh, writers. And it's, it was incredible. I had a great time. They have really good programming, both for authors on one day and then for readers on the next. Uh, it's going to be called Orlando Reads Books going forward. Um, Indie Book Fest is not its name anymore, so it's going to be Orlando Reads Books. And But when we were down there for it, we tripped over to have some amazing food experiences over at Disney Springs. We ate at the Edison which was super cool. And one day when I do a steampunk episode, I'll talk to you about it. But we visited one of my favorite restaurants, which is Morimoto Asia. Now, I've had the pleasure of eating in two of Morimoto's restaurants, and you may remember him from The Iron Chef. He was part of the original series in Japan. He wasn't, like, on it when it started. They added him as kind of the outside-of-the-box, you know, nouveau cuisine Asian chef on the Japanese show. And then when they brought Iron Chef over here to the United States, he was one of our Iron Chefs over here. And I just adore his food. I'll be honest. And this crazy thing is, I love sushi, but I didn't have it until I was in my mid-20s. I was at Georgia Tech, and my best friend in my master's program, Haruo, Haruyo, (laughs) always had trouble saying her name, and I apologize. If by some chance she found this podcast and is listening to it, Haruyo, I am very sorry for mispronouncing it. But she took me to sushi right before she went back to Japan at Suntory in Atlanta. And Suntory doesn't exist anymore, but it was my first exposure to sushi. And I'm afraid she spoiled me right out of the gate because it was excellent. <laughs> and it started me on trying different foods. And then a couple, a year later, I was in Japan for her wedding. And of course, I tried more sushi. And my love of it just grew. I don't have a love of California rolls, though, because they have crab with a K, the fake stuff, you know, made out of like whiting fish and some gluten and flour. So if you're gluten free, please do not eat California rolls. K with crab with a K is not for you. And so I'm, I just don't really enjoy them and don't often have them. But Morimoto Asia has a California roll that has real blue crab. It's amazing. I get two of them when I'm with my husband because we don't want to share. So if you're in Orlando and you love sushi, try Morimoto Asia. And I'm also going to suggest that you get the ribs appetizer. I know you're at an Asian place. You want to eat sushi, but get the ribs appetizer. You will not regret it. Best ribs I've had. And if you don't want to go into um, the restaurant itself, there's an outside shack where you can walk up to it. Get the ribs there for sure. Definitely worth your trouble and definitely worth staying there. And if you're ever in Las Vegas, definitely go to Morimoto's there. That's actually where I've had the best sushi uh, that I've had in my life. I did the chef's plate and fabulous. Can't wait to go back to Las Vegas just so I can eat there again. 
Now, also connected to Disney, I'm reading a book about the Disney Imagineers called The Imagineering Way. It was published back in 2003, and you can only find it used. It's not like actively printed anymore. But it's a great book to be able to read a section when you have a few minutes here and there. So it's not like one where you need to start and you've got a long chapter that you want to get through before you put it back down. It's just you can read it in little short snippets. But what I love about it is it helps to remind me that there is creativity in me just waiting to spring forth if only I can find the time. So I use the Imagineering way as kind of a way to jumpstart me into thinking about different things differently. But then my next thing that I want to talk about is time and how we manage time and look at it. I am not good at this. <laughs> I just want to be honest. I'm not. So I, I love planners. I love the whole concept of planners. I love the idea of putting stickers in them and decorating them and having all sorts of pens to write in them with. And you know what? I am not good at it. <laughs> I spent a lot of money one year on, well, not a lot. I got a coupon and a discount. And so I got it at a fairly reasonable price on a nice one of those fancy pants planners. And I sat downstairs with my husband while we were watching TV and I put my little stickers in it. It was great. And um, I used it. I really, really, truly used it for like two and a half months. And then I got sick with the flu and I was sick for about a week and a half. And in that week and a half, I put it down. And I didn't take it with me. And I wasn't looking at it every day. And guess what happened? I got out of the habit of using it. And I didn't pick it up really for the rest of the year, which is just sad. So the next year, I thought, OK, I'll buy another one. But I'm going to buy a really super cheap one at the craft store with a 50% off coupon. So I did. Guess what? Didn't use it either. I know you're shocked. I really wasn't very shocked either. Because this has been what I've been doing all my life. I buy Franklin Covey when I was younger. Tried it. Was started just can't keep up with it. Day planner, tried that too. So all my life, I've been looking for a planner that might actually work. <laughs> and I finally found one when I do it. It's called the Momentum Planner. It's through Productive Flourishing. And I love it. And when I sit down and do it, it really, truly helps me get more done with my life and to focus. What it has you do is it looks has you look at your year and what you want to accomplish. And then you break it down into months, weeks, and then down to days of what you need to do to make sure you're working your plan. And for me, that really works. Um, they also have two free things online called a Productivity Jump Starter that you can use in combination with an action item catcher. Matter of fact, by the way, they have all of this. Uh, the Momentum Planner is free every month on their site. So as the month comes up, you can get that month's planner. I love that about them. If you want to go ahead and get the whole year, which is what I do, it's like 12 bucks. Uh, so I really like the fact that they have a free set that people can use if they're not able to purchase the whole thing. But the Productivity Jump Starter and the Action Item Catcher are both free all the time. And what the Jump Starter does is it helps you list like the three things you're going to do during the first part of the day and the three things you're going to do during the second part of the day. And the Action Item Catcher allows you to write down action items that pop up during the day that, I don't know about you, but my little ADD self goes, oh, I need to go do that. And instead of finishing what I'm doing, I go do that and then I get on another, you know, little project. And then before I know it, I have traveled down the rabbit trail so far away from what I originally doing that I never get it completed. So the action item catcher helps me stay on target with the three things that I'm supposed to be doing in the morning and the three things in the afternoon. So I'm going to have links in the show notes on my website for you to find them. But I really can't tell you how much I love this program. I'm going to try it again. Okay, I'm getting ready. October, the last quarter of the year is getting ready to start. So I'm going to 
fill it out. I'm going to focus and every day I'm going to try to make sure that I'm looking at my planner and seeing what I need to accomplish. So I'll let you know. I'm also going to be trying a little bit of chunking with my day, but that's for another episode after I do some research. I'm hoping it will work for me, but I don't know. But I wanted to suggest a podcast as well, because I thought I'm on this whole thing about time. And I ended up listening to this podcast about time management. So I thought it was kind of funny that here I am struggling with this and trying to figure it out. And I fall into listening to um, some GRW uh, member, Eliza Peake, who's um, part of GRW, Georgia Romance Writers, which I'm a part of. And she's had a podcast, and I've had it on my playlist for a long time, but just haven't had a chance to really listen to one of them in its entirety. And so I did. It's called The Misfits Guide to Writing Indie Romance, and it is excellent. It's about 30 minutes each week. They have 60 episodes out there, so go ahead and take a dive and get started. But her and Adrian Bell do this podcast weekly, and they focus on a variety of topics. But the episode that I was listening to is time management, and I thought it tied really neatly into everything that was going on in my head. What Adrian did was she tracked what she spent time on during the day to find out her big time sinks and waste. And she found out what hers were, and it kind of surprised her. And I have a feeling I know what mine are too. I think I check email too much and I'm a gamer. So I'm just going to be honest. I know I waste time on games, but I don't necessarily see time on games as a waste, but I am thinking of doing the same thing, trying to track what I do like for an entire day to see where I'm spending my time, but I'm not giving up my gaming because I'm a gamer geek. Come on. It's not happening. And matter of fact, I want to talk to you about a game that I love, um, which ties back into Disney because I'm going to talk to you about Emoji Blitz. Now, I've been playing this game for a while. It's gone through like two different developers since I've started playing it. And I got my husband to play it. And so we play events together and try to help each other, remind each other when there is an event so we can get new emojis. Um, And I really, I like it. It's simple. It's easy. It's something I can do pretty much anywhere. Uh, It does eat my battery, which I hate. I like games that don't eat my battery, but Emoji Bits is like the worst for that, I have to say. So uh, speaking of Blitz, let's talk about some... (laughs) This has no transition whatsoever. I'm sorry, but it's the way of the world. So we're going to move from Emoji Blitz over into what's going on in social media and in the buzz that's happening there. And I just came back from a Boost with Facebook event. And they do these in some major cities where they'll come in, and particularly for small businesses, they're free. And they put on little uh, kind of one-hour workshops about different aspects of advertising with Facebook and Instagram. I've gone to one before. I went to one in Decatur, this one I went to in Atlanta, and it was um, one big room, one topic. It didn't have multiple topics. The Boost with Facebook now has three topics, and they try to do them at different levels, though I will tell you, if you do a lot with Facebook and you do a lot with Facebook and Instagram advertising, the expert level is not going to be above what you can do. Just going to be honest. But they, so I really found that great. They sent me home with some information and I would suggest that you're, if you're doing Facebook advertising and your small business, definitely go to one if it comes up near you. 
Uh, they've also released some new tools for public figures and celebrities to connect with their fans. They're making it so, like, if you have products to sell, you can, like, make it where people can swipe, swipe and get to them. So really in their uh, stories. So you can monetize some of those features, which I think could be really cool, especially for writers and musicians, where you could have something about your music or your book or your game or whatever, and then people would be able to just click to get to it uh, to buy it. So I'm interested in doing some more diving on that for the authors that I know and for myself, as well as some of the musicians, because I think it has some really great uh, potential. Because, you know, being able to get your products out to people, if you're a small business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a public figure, is really super important. And for them to be creating a new way for public figures to do that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with that. So the last thing I want to talk to you before I wrap up my first podcast is um, I just watched a BBC series uh, on Amazon Prime. I binge watched, if you could call, you know, three episodes, binge watching, Agatha Christie's The ABC Murders. I liked it. I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't like over the top thrilled. But if they did another set, if they did another, you know, season of this, another Agatha Christie mysteries, I would definitely watch it. I'll be honest. Um, it was well done. It was very much in the style of like classic masterpiece theater mysteries that I watched in my childhood on PBS, which were also from the BBC. So if you like that, if you like British crime dramas, because they are a little bit different. They're not as fast-paced as American dramas are frequently. And it's Agatha Christie, so it has kind of that slower pace anyway. I love Agatha Christie. I grew up reading her books. She's why I love mysteries. She's why I love um, cozy mysteries. And her Perro was amazing. John Malkovich played him. Oh, that was a surprise. I was just thrilled. I thought he did a really great job with him. His facial expressions were just amazing. And he really made um, the show worth watching. The other person that surprised me was Rupert Grint. He was uh, Ron in Harry Potter. I was I'm like watching him and I'm listening to him. I'm like, wait a minute. That looks like a grown-up Ron. And well, guess what? It was. He plays the new Inspector Chrome or Chrome on there. And I really enjoyed him. I was really surprised to uh, see him acting outside of the Harry Potter universe and how much I enjoyed it and how good he was at, at it. So two thumbs up to him. Uh, and if you like British crime dramas, if you liked the old Masterpiece Theater Mysteries from P PBS, this is definitely something you want to watch. They did kind of veer off from the book a little bit. There's some controversy around that. Um, you do find out more about Perot's background, but I won't spoil it for you in case you haven't seen it. But I will tell you, I was surprised. So I've read many Christie books when I was growing up, but um, I don't remember reading this particular one. So I'm going to actually see if I have a copy of it. And if so, I'm going to give it a read uh, probably in November. I'm getting ready to co-chair a conference the first week in October. And my life right now is crazy. So in the show notes, I've provided the IMBD link because there were some really cool actors in it. But those two just grabbed me, as well as their interaction. I really liked the interaction between the two of them. It's very reminiscent to um, I Love Elementary. Uh, which is Sherlock Holmes, of course. And there's a, the, um, Oh, my brain just died. The The inspector that he talks to in London that's part of the books, he actually is part of elementary series. And the kind of the interaction between uh, Malkovich and Grants reminded me of that. And I kind of liked it. So 
Anyway, now you know I also love elementary because at some point I'm going to talk to you about my obsession with Sherlock Holmes. I love Sherlock Holmes. But that's it for now. I promise to report back next week on how my planning is going, plus have some more recommendations so you can be where geek meets social. If you know of any cool things that are happening in social media, you find some good news, or you have a recommendation for an app, game, or um, something I should binge watch because I think I'm going to be binge watching once this con- this conference gets over with because I'm going to need to. Uh, if you've got a book, podcast, whatever, uh, drop me a line at Tyra at TyraBurton.com and I'll be able to see what it is that you're interested in and hopefully talk to you about it here on Geek Meet Social. Anyway, it's been fun hanging with you. I hope you're having a fabulous day and I'll see you next time. <laughs>